800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. The Juno Community Foundation's Executive Director, Amy Scalebred, joined Action Line earlier this week. And the Department of Labor has published its article on teacher wages after being previously delayed. But first, Journal Community Foundation's Executive Director Amy Skillbred joined Action Line to talk on recent activities the organization has been working on. First, she talked on their continuing support for those impacted by the Mendenhall River flooding through the Mendenhall Flood Relief Fund. I think we have about $30,000 that we collected in that fund. And so we're looking at how we should best disperse it. And what we've done is we've asked people to submit an application in a W-9 form to us. And those can be found on our website at junocf.org. And basically what we're going to do is take the number of applications that we get and divide that into the amount of money that there is. And um, we don't have the resources or ability to decide who should get more, who should get less, things like that. So we're going to divide it in. We'll do, of course, a, a look-see to make sure that it's a reasonable application. That's all. She also broke down the HOPE CBJ Social Services Grant. And the HOPE CBJ Social Service Grants um, first began in 2015. We give out about $2.5 million at this point between the Juno Hope Endowment Funds, which are a little over a million, and the CBJ um, portion of the funds, which is now about $1.5 million. Um, and we're really reaching out to all social service nonprofit organizations to provide us with a letter of interest if they are interested in receiving these funds. It's an annual grant process, and we're beginning it now for, for the 2014. 2024 year. The deadline to apply for that grant is January 6th. You can listen to the full interview on our website, kinyradio.com. And in the December issue of the Department of Labor's Economic Trends magazine, an article on teacher pay was included that had previously been delayed by Governor Dunleavy and his staff. Dan Robinson, Chief of Research and Analysis, offers his response to the delay. We don't know. The governor's office uh, had us hold it, um, and that, of course, raised some concerns because this publication has long been nonpartisan, so we, we serve every administration. But, but the short answer is we don't know. We uh, engaged to the extent we could and then uh, added it in this December issue um, and, and haven't heard anything since then. He says, well, he can't speak to why. He thinks it's important to stay objective. But we feel very strongly. It's one of the reasons I've always loved this job is because providing objective data analysis is, I think, critical to the, to the effective policymaking, uh, to the awareness of citizens of the state about what's going on. And Trends has done that for 40-something years. In the 1980s and 90s, Alaska had a distinct competitive advantage when recruiting teachers. In addition to offering natural beauty, recreation, and adventure, Alaska had the highest average salary in the country for K-12 teachers. In 1980, Alaska teachers made 170% of the national average for teachers, which made recruiting easy despite the higher cost of living and sometimes the adjustment to remote rural life. In the decades since, Alaska has fallen closer to the national average while some states have increased their teacher pay in comparison. 
The 2022 ranking has New York as the top-paying state for teachers with an average salary of nearly 140% of the U.S. average. When Alaska was paying 170% in 1980, New York was paying 124%. Alaska ranked 10th last year at 111%, a percentage the state has hovered around since the late 1990s. Joshua Warren, research and analysis staff, spoke to what impacts this brings to teachers in Alaska, as well as other factors that may play a role. Uh, our cost of living is higher, but it is there are still like places in Washington and definitely in Hawaii where cost of living is actually higher. And so one of the things we point out is that Washington, who arguably could be one of our competitors for the short supply of teachers that we have right now, uh, has gone above us in teacher pay. And so living in Seattle might be even more expensive than some places in Alaska, especially the urban places. And so they're outcompeting us on salary. There's also lots of issues that we uh, reference a couple different surveys in the article showing that pay might not be number one for quite a few teachers. The environment, both with their school administrators and with parents and just the amount of extra work that they've had to take on has also affected how much they enjoy the job. Amid sweeping budget cuts, the state offered teachers an early retirement incentive, which included dropping the required years of service from 20 to 17. Many highly paid experienced teachers in Alaska accepted that offer and were replaced with lower paid new teachers, which brought the average down. Coming up, Thunder Mountain High School's wrestling team is going to state this weekend in Anchorage. That story when News of the North continues with Jazz Garrett. Welcome back to News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett. Thunder Mountain High School's wrestling team is going to state this weekend in Anchorage after winning the Region V Wrestling Championships on Saturday. This year, Thunder Mountain High School came out on top for the District 1 title with 236.5 points, followed by Ketchikan High School at 186.5 points. Ketchikan has won the regional team title for the past 15 years. TMHS head coach Adam Mesmer is looking forward to state. Everybody's pretty excited about it. I think this is just the beginning. You know, my goal when I first started taking over the head coach position was, you know, I want to get in the top five at state. There's some really tough competition up there. We've been seeing it because we go up and face those kids in club and watch them grow. So we, we know the talent that's up there. I want us to be on, on that level. Um, and I kind of figured that, you know, as a, that is a goal, the, the region stuff will just kind of fall into play as it is. And it TMHS coach Jason Haas says the team's bond solidified over the weekend. It felt like we definitely kind of peaked at the right time, and we all, it seemed like the boys all bonded together perfectly. You know, I mean, every match, everybody was there cheering for each other, and, and just the support, you know, I think it makes it a lot easier to go out on the mat and give it your all when you know that your brothers and your teammates are all behind you and rooting for you and have your back no matter what. TMHS coach Gideon Monette says these are some improvements he's noticed this season. Really struggled with defending the half Nelson all year, and I think this tournament we really kind of overcame that obstacle and uh, weren't giving up easy, easy pins with the half. Also, all week we've been talking about positivity and um, not letting the grind of the season get us down or maybe any kind of negativity, guys dropping off the last second or getting hurt or skin infections, but we really tried to be positive and confident and we wrestled that way. The state tournament begins Friday morning and ends Saturday night. Online registration for the Juno Youth Wrestling Club season opens on December 23rd and ends January 12th. The season will begin on January 8th. And the grand opening party for the Juno Wrestling Center is on January 20th. 
The collapses of western Alaska salmon runs have been among the most consequential climate change impacts in the rapidly warming Arctic over the past two years, according to an annual report assembled by a federal agency. The 2023 Arctic Report Card, released Tuesday by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, includes a special chapter on Alaska salmon among its updates to sea ice, air temperature, and permafrost conditions in a region of the world that is warming up to four times as fast as the global average. Average. Climate change in Alaska is not simply something expected in the future, said Daniel Schindler, a University of Washington fisheries expert who is a contributing Arctic report card author. He spoke Tuesday at a news conference held at the American Geophysical Union's annual gathering in San Francisco. U.S. Senator Lisa Murkowski secured several key provisions in legislation crafted to combat the opioid crisis in America. During yesterday's Senate Committee on Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions hearing, Senator Murkowski supported the inclusion of several critical pieces of legislation in the substance use disorder prevention that promotes opioid recovery and treatment for patients and communities, otherwise known as the Support Act. The Support Act passed through committee on a 19-to-1 vote. Congress passes substance use disorder prevention that promotes opioid recovery and treatment for patients and communities in 2018, which authorized funding for community-based treatment and recovery programs. In response to this rise of fentanyl overdoses and deaths, Congress is looking to reauthorize the Support Act with new tools that will help organizations in multiple different fields. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jazz Garrett.